Welcome to the Fitness Business University podcast. This is Tom Langton. I am here with the one, the only, Vince Gabriel. Vince, good afternoon. Hey, Tom. I'm just here waiting for you. If, if you've noticed, the sound quality is a little better today. Um, we have some new microphones, and it just took a little extra time to set them up, man. Sometimes you just have to have patience, Vince. I know it's hard for you. Very hard. All right. I, so today's I – have, I have a question for you today that's going to hopefully give us a lot to talk about. One of the things, um, you know, we had a mastermind meeting, and, you know, I, I, I get on the phone with a lot of the gym owners and talk to them, and, and a common question that comes up, you know, is we talked about the marketing glove, right, and, and you know, having Facebook and having your website. And, and honestly, the question that comes up early on when we started Gabriel Fitness, we t- that's a new thing for us, the marketing glove, right? We really didn't have any kind of, like, digital marketing presence. I think we put some – I don't even know if we had a Facebook page. I think we put some stuff out there. We, I mean, not when we started. We were heavy on YouTube. <laughs> we had, a, but it was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. but it was mostly just videos of us working out. Yeah. It wasn't like we weren't like featuring our clients <laughs> no. a lot. And it was like it was more about just showcasing our people. <laughs> Remember the one we did a video of straight leg barbell back that's extensions. Great. That's, probably, that's probably why I had surgery on my back. A <laughs> uh, couple of herniated discs. Yeah. Uh, but but it's like so. So I think sometimes people get into this mindset of like. You need to have this advanced digital marketing campaign and like a marketing coordinator and all this stuff to build clients, especially in this, you know, stage one and stage two of the business. So that's a common question I get is like these young gym owners are like, man, I don't have any of this stuff set up and you guys have all these systems in place. So what is your, just so I want to, I want to make sure I'm saying the right thing. What is, what is your answer to that? Is like, how did you grow Gabriel Fitness without a Facebook page, with a bad website, with you know, no Insta- Instagram wasn't even around back then. Yeah. So one word, very simple, Tom. Relationships. All right, good. So that's why that's that's what I thought. That right, is, but, that, but here's the thing: like that sounds, I, that, that almost sounds like a cop out. It's like, it, you know, like oh, you, you got to build good relationships. Of course, of course. I think that's. But is there? A, how do you? That, did you go about it in a strategic way? Well, here's the thing: I I I didn't. But when I look back. I think that what I did is very uh, replicatable, okay. if you will. Um, and I think there's a lot of things I did really, really well that basically can be written down and turned into a really good system. And there's a lot of things I did really shitty that shouldn't be. But um, there's a lot of the things that, that we teach that I did very instinctually when we opened that should be repeated and continue to be repeated and a lot of it was going out in the community it was all just like stuff that like you know there there was like no knowledge of marketing at all so the only knowledge i had was to try and get people to know me and drive word of mouth and that was me driving my truck around the fields and talking to different people that had access to who I wanted to start paying me money, right? And at that time, it was youth athletes. And so I knew that youth coaches that had lists, of email was a big thing back then, still is now, but um, that's a big leverage point was email. And I, it's funny now because I started, when I started creating these relationships, I would have them send emails on my behalf. And I don't know where I learned this. It might have been I learned it somewhere or maybe not. But it's funny, like, when I started doing this, no one was doing this. No one was, from a business perspective, was using other people's email lists to go out and 
get new clients. It was just unheard of. And after I started doing it, like all of a sudden, all we've pioneered a lot of things. We've pioneered a lot of things in this community. And I think a lot of people in this community have kind of seen what we've done for marketing. And I piggybacked that one of them is the, the Prestige Diner. Like we had, we were the first people ever to have our name on menu items at, at a local diner. And now there's like seven different businesses that have stuff named after them. They've piggy. So a lot, there's been a lot of piggyback, which is fine. I think it's cool if it helps that, if it helps their business. Um, but it was, it was a lot of what we did in the very beginning was, was, was very relationship based, very instinctual, very like, Hey, you know, I'm doing this thing. I feel like I can help you, you know, with this thing you want to work together to do this. And it was just like so like basic and there's no like scripts or anything like that. But I think where people miss the point is, you know, they miss the point of this. Are, these are community based businesses. They're belly to belly and then the hokey town fairs and the little five K's and like that that stuff matters it's in the in the day where everyone is trying to automate everything and digitize everything digitize is that word That's all but right. um digitize everything and make sure everything you don't have to do any actual manual labor at all and there's leads flood to your door and it's just like you know as someone that's run a a pretty big community business for a very long time I, I do, and and have gone through those periods of trying to you know digitize everything. Be <laughs> I'm keep messing up that word. Um, it, it just it's just you know there needs to be a combo of the two. Like, so let, so let me let me ask you this to grow to grow. If when you were starting out, if you would, do you think that if you would have had this sophisticated marketing digital marketing campaign, I don't think it would have worked as well because I do think I think a lot of people don't have success because they have this really great presence, you know, and this really, you know, good marketing on the app, but no one knows who the hell they are, right? And at the end of the day, if someone sees your Facebook ad, most of the time, if you, especially if you want to deal with more qualified people, most of the time, or someone goes to your website, they're probably going to call their friend and be like, hey, have you ever heard of this place? You know, like yeah. there's a probably really good, that, that, that I think people underestimate word of mouth like crazy. I mean, it's very rare like that crazy. we. It's very rare that we get a, like a ice cold lead that does well. Someone who's never heard of us, and then they see our Facebook ad, they're like, "Oh yeah, I'd, I'd love to come in." And it's not. It's not a. Time. And a lot of people will will they will credit things like Facebook, and they'll say, "Yeah, I saw you on Facebook," but in reality, they heard of you from a friend. They saw, they drove by your gym, and then they saw you on Facebook. They saw the ad, and then they, you know what I'm saying. So sometimes you don't give credit to where you know, credit is really due. And, you know, I did a whole presentation on becoming an authority in your community. And I don't think enough people are taking that stance. I think that, you know, people just, you know, for the people that want, you know, to succeed in a local brick and mortar, you know, business, they're trying to make it all about, you know, what they can put online and not do anything in person. And I think it's just, I, I think that there's a certain amount of success that someone will get. But, hey, man, I've been around some of the best gyms, you know, in America, and some of the best gyms in America are still going to Hokie 5Ks and still, you know, partnering. I mean, Joe Hashi is one of the most successful gym owners I know of, has three locations, seven figures in revenue, and, you know, he still does joint ventures like crazy. You know, so it's like, 
Yeah, I, I don't know of many really, really successful gyms that are just relying on one way to generate leads online. So so you're talking about relationships. I think people listening can say, like, I'm really good. I have really good relationships with my members, and I, you know, I'm good at building relationships. But you're talking about now leveraging those relationships to help, to help grow your business. Absolutely. And that's a, touch, that's a touchy thing. And I, the people that I talk to, I think, sometimes go, go about it the wrong way. Yes. So what is the proper approach? Because if you just go up to somebody and say, I'm doing this. Trump. It's yeah. like there's, you, you, can do the, you can really screw this is up. Is that your best Jersey accent? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's whoever it is. But it's like <laughs> I can see people really screwing this up. And you think, like, I'm yes. good at relationships. I'm going to go out and just tell everybody that they should come to train with me. You, you make a really good point, and a lot of people do. And so I'll start with the story of really what inspired us to do this podcast. Um, so I got an email. I'm, I'm trying not to use the thing he does for us, but he's a current, he's a vendor of ours. He does a service um, for our facility. And he emailed me and says, hey, you know, I'm following you on Facebook. And I saw that you um, mentor other gyms. And he said, uh, he said something like, I know that you know what we do for you is is the difference between success and failure, which was not true. Uh, it was It's a helpful thing, um, but it's not the difference between success and failure. And um, he asked uh, basically f- if he could start reaching out to the people that I was coaching. And I was like, I read the... the, the uh, the email i'm just like man i was like is he gonna like cold call like is he gonna look on instagram and see who i tagged and you know uh start cold calling my clients and saying hey i do this for vince i'm gonna come do it for you too and it's just like it was the email the tone of the email was very poorly done and it, and, it, and i actually have not yet responded i will respond at some point and teach him this lesson but the reality is it it, it i got the email and it instantly put me on the defense. It instantly put me on the, like, okay, he wants something from me, right? He wants something from me versus the secret to a joint venture relationship is me getting that email and feeling that there is a synergistic potential relationship that we could have together, and that would make me want to move forward, right? And even if he did, even if there wasn't, like, let's say there was nothing for me in it, if he had gone about it in a different way, I still would have wanted to help him. Right. Right. So let's say he just, let's say that there's a couple of situations. He says, hey, you know, I have this idea that I want to, I want to start doing this stuff for your clients and I'm going to give you a reward or a kickback or a referral fee or something like that okay, that's fine. That piques my interest. And, you know, obviously my life's not going to change from that. But the other thing he could have said is just, hey, man, I see what you're doing. I really think it's really cool and inspiring that you're doing this with gym owners. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking to grow my business. I'm trying so hard not to say what it does. Um, I'm looking to grow my business. And I was wondering if I could ask for your advice on what you thought about me starting to do more of my service for the people that you're working with. If he says that to me, then I'm like, hell yeah, come, come, let's go have lunch, right? Let's go, like, I'll tell you all everything. I'll tell you what we do, and then maybe I'll make a couple intros, like, easy. 
but so a lot of this is the way it's packaged and the way it's 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 delivered that is is the key um so uh, and, and very important thing i i said there um robert cialdini's book is uh persuasion the new his newest book you, everyone that's listening to this should read it it's 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 funny i thought it was a thick read I've never seen this before, but it's, it looks like it's like three or 400 pages. It's like looks like a really thick book, so it looks daunting. But literally, a third of the book is the, uh, the sites and sources. Like the references. The reference the guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, holy cow, I've never seen a, literally a third. It's like 200 pages of references. So the book's not as daunting as it's, it's not it's as very, big it's as It's very rare that think. authors... Don't take credit for everything in their book. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he's a genius. He's an absolute genius, Jaldini. But um, one of the things he talked about was um, in in persuasion was the certain decision to use very specific words. And what he talked about was the difference between asking for help. Like when you say, okay, you know, Vince, I want your help with, you know, me reaching out, you know, to your clients. Okay, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll help him out. Versus when he would say something like, "Hey, I was looking for your advice on your uh, on your different things that you would think about how you know I could go about doing this." And now the word advice it positions me as this person of authority, and he is now coming to me for my advice. And there's a certain feeling that someone gets when you ask for their advice so the wording on and i use that word on purpose because i wanted to teach this lesson but the wording you use when you want help from somebody right when you want to help from somebody don't ask for their help ask for for their advice and the difference between the wording you use between help and advice will make a massive difference in their willingness to want to help you so, um, but that, that's kind of started, but a lot of this is how, if we're going to go and create, you know, really we're talking about, uh, relationships, but joint ventures and, you know, how does a business work with another business, um, uh, or a program or organization for mutual beneficial, um, for mutually uh, beneficial reasons, right? That it were it helps them, and it also helps you, right? And so when I first started, the biggest relationship I had was with like youth sports teams, right? And I would go, and what I did was, I uh, the first thing I did was, uh, Summit High School had a terrible football program for a very long time. And a guy I knew was taking over the football program very close to when I moved back to New Jersey. And, you know, he was kind of taking over a struggling program. And I I was trying to start this business at the same time. And I was like, hey, man, I'm just going to help you out. I'm just going to come come in the weight room. And I went to the weight room every day and I worked with the team for free. And because I knew that that's like I, you know, I knew this guy was going to turn the program. And it's funny, we had these conversations I was still in San Diego, and I told him, I was like, hey, I'm coming back in six months. I'm coming back, and we're going to create a dynasty. Like, we literally had these conversations before I moved back to San Diego, 
right when he took the job. He still had a struggling program. And we were going back and forth. I think it was either call or email. I don't remember. But talking about and they w- ended up winning, like, I think four or five state championships yeah, had a very like, good run. While, while he was there. And it was like, it was literally, we talked about it. Like, I'm going to come. You're going to crush it with the football. I'm going to come. We're going to we're gonna create this awesome strength and conditioning program that we install that your kids do. We're going to get your kids yoked and fast and everything. And that is exactly what happened. And it's crazy. But so I got back and I was I, I was working with him and offering for free. And I was like, so he was very grateful to me that I was helping his program on my own time. And he saw that as like, hey, I he helped me out. I want to help him out. And the way he returned the favor was he started introducing me to all the other coaches. He's like, this guy's been helping us out in the weight room. It's awesome. Our kids are getting fast. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. You guys go. And so then I started working with the girls' soccer team. And I started working. And I, all of a sudden, like, everybody knew me because this one guy that I helped out who was an influential guy who was telling everyone about me and we blew up in that town. Literally, I think at one point we had like almost every sports team and it's like private contract like stuff. Um, But it was all about what I did for him in the beginning. I didn't ask him for anything in the beginning. I just said, hey, I want to just come out and help your players out and get them strong and just get in the door and we'll see where this goes. And this is a pretty – I think that's the important thing to take away from this is you already had a long-time relationship. He coached you in high school. Right. No, he did not coach me. Okay, in okay, but you, but you you had known him for a while. I had known his brother. I didn't know him that well. Okay, so so I guess my my point is, if if you have a relationship with somebody, I, I hear people all the time kind of get pissed off when they're like, "I've known this guy for twenty years, and then I asked him for something." So even if you have a pre existing relationship, the same rules still apply. Yes, absolutely. And maybe even more so. The number one thing you need to think about before you create a relationship with a joint venture is what's the value that you can bring to them. How can you make their life better? How can you make their life easier, right? What are the things that you could provide for them? So, I mean, an exa- another example, um, I, there's uh, a lawyer. Um, what we, the, the quick story on the lawyer joint venture thing is we looked around and realized, okay, we have like 40 lawyers that train at JFP. Quite a few, quite a few attorneys. Yeah, there. and they're like, it's oh, a little yeah. scary sometimes. Yeah, right. Like the yeah. liability side. Yeah, that little it. crack in the floor there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so they, 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 so I was like, okay, well, where do lawyers go? Where do lawyers hang out? Where do we actually? And so we realized there's these bar associations where they all gather and they meet monthly and they go and and I was going to the county ones and I didn't realize there was one in our town like two towns over right it's funny same town that the football program i'm talking about is in um and so i found someone that knew someone that was running that program and i we we connected on the phone and i said here's what i'd like to do i'd like to sponsor your lunch they're always looking for sponsors i like to sponsor the drinks they usually have a sponsor there's like food and drinks and stuff like that I didn't ask him to speak or anything. All I said was, I would just like to sponsor your meeting. That's the only thing I said. And he's like, well, yeah, if you're going to sponsor the meeting, you should come and speak and talk about your business. And I was like, okay, perfect. But I didn't ask for that. I just, I wanted to add and create value, right? So the value to him was he doesn't have to go find a sponsor. And now he doesn't have to go find a speaker for his meeting because the the meeting, and this was just, just happened not that long ago. The meeting is a couple weeks away. He still doesn't have a sponsor and still didn't have a speaker. 
I did him a massive favor, a massive favor. And it's a win-win for both of us. I'm going to get in front of 40 different people that are potential clients for GFP. And he's got a speaker and he's got a sponsor. It's a win-win. So the difference is the guy that I keep, the guy that emailed me, that wasn't a win-win. That was, can you do this for me? And that's where I think people fall short in creating these kinds of relationships. Is, is there a time, an appropriate time, to ask for a favor? So, like, would there, like, it, with a pre-existing, like, so is there ever a time when you really need something and you're like, you see an event happening, you're like, I got to get involved with this, and it's too short-term to build the relationship. Is there, is there an appropriate way to go about that? Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, I do think that there is, there needs to be that, that handout of help. There needs to be that feeling of, not that they owe you one, right? Not that, but they have to be in a position to want to help you. And usually if they don't know you, they're not going to want to help you. And usually after you've done something good, you know, even the law, even something simple as this, like let's say you went and had a meeting with them, right? You had a meeting with them and nothing came out of the meeting, but you sent them a handwritten note and a bottle of wine or, or a t-shirt or something. There was that reciprocity, you know, that we always talk about as one of the, and let's say you said that and nothing happened. And then three months later you said, Hey, you know, I'm having this seminar. I was wondering if you wanted to let your people know about it. There's a really good chance that they're probably going to say yes. After you followed up and sent them a card and sent them, you know what I'm saying? So, um, that's, that's where I think that you got to deliver some kind of value before you ask for anything. But there was many times where, you know, the coach that I was talking about in the very initial story that I would say, Hey, you know, I'm, I want to run. And and this was where he was massive. I said, I want to run a camp that summer. I wanted to run a camp and I was like, I want to run the camp. And he let me have the field. Right. Can you help me out the field? And yeah. And I, and I, he gave you the field. Usually you have to pay money and all these, and there was no insurance or anything like that back then. But uh, usually you have to pay money for the field and they rent the field. And, and not only did he give me the field, uh, he sent a bunch of emails out for me promoting and we ended up getting 30 kids in the camp. 30 kids in the camp. This is before I opened a facility. Wow. Right? Before I opened the facility. And, um, that, but it was just like, yeah, after I had helped him, there was nothing I would have, could have asked him that he wouldn't have done. Nothing. Now, is there something to say that sometimes you have to start a relationship by paying people? So is, is money, is money, because I think sometimes that there could, they can have a dirty association. Yeah. Have you ever started a joint venture by paying somebody and then had it turn into something else? Or is it hard to go back from that? I, I think st- paying someone like straight cash is, is, it, it, it may be a little bit that, but, but the example I just gave with the lawyer, I paid. Right. Right. I offered to be a sponsor. That is a form of payment. It's not like, Hey, I'm going to give you 500 bucks and you're going to go put it in your own bank account. Right. That's a little weird, especially when there's personal stuff going on. Um, if they're a privately owned business that, that can work, but I have found, um, one of the best ways to create joint ventures is, identifying who you want to create a joint venture with and going and being a client of theirs. Give me an example. So let's say you want to have a relationship with a chiropractor. Well, go get your back whacked by that chiropractor. All right. Let's say you want to have a relationship with a restaurant. Go to the restaurant. Become a regular customer. Well, here's the example. So I talked about the restaurant, right? Do you many years, the Prestige Diner, I had been going to the Prestige Diner. 
when that relationship happened. A Greek, a young Greek boy like you, probably. a young a Greek long, boy like a me. Long, a long you know, time. many times I they you know they knew me since I was a young boy. Right, I had gone to that diner, you know, sometimes not sober, many many times, right? And you know, the reality was, here's I I think I'm 40 now, so we've had we've had our name on that menu for a long time. Probably I mean, six years. It's probably, seven no, years. I think it's more than that. Yeah, I think it's more than that. I think it's like close to like eight years even. But if you think, because um, if you think so, so it, we didn't run on that menu for eight years. So I was maybe 32 when it happened. For 32 years, I was a client of theirs. Right. 32 years, I was a client of theirs. Right. So think about this and like becoming a client. That is a great way to get in the door, and then you can build a relationship with them. But you're not saying, "Hey, let's do this together." You're just saying, "Hey, I want your help." So, so for Jim Motors looking to, to go out and do this. I think a lot of times they only think of like fitness centric type businesses, yes. right? Whether it's a chiropractor or, or like even, a, I mean, a restaurant, a diner, they have food and we talk a lot about nutrition. What other business ideas do you have that are not fitness related and, and why are they helpful? Well, I have my list here, Big Tom. All right. Go, uh, I have it. my list. So um, I, I want to start with, because I, I do think it's important. I think some people aren't doing this at all. So I do think it's important to, to mention the fitness-related ones. Okay. So obviously you have your, you know, your chiropractors, right? That's an easy one. You have your physical therapists. You have your acupuncturists and, you know, your functional medicine doctors. Uh, now, do you have any like advice that. before? When, when I know you talk a lot about making sure that the, the people are the right fit. Right. Because I think that's an issue we see is, like, you build a relationship and, you know, this guy's a quack. Yep. Or this guy's messing with my clients or whatever. So how do you vet these kind of people out? Two ways. The first way is what I just said. Become you a, go there become yourself. A become yeah. a client. The second way is do you did you get a referral? So one of our one of my best friends – Today is is Roberto Andrade who runs Natural Integrated Medicine and he's an acupuncturist, and he we had a client uh, that used to go to him that would just sing his praises right. like this guy is the best like you got it and so I and through his recommendation I ended up going and then we became friends and now you know we send him as many people as he's got talk about a waiting list yep. this guy's got like a four month waiting list he is like. Dynamite. We can't send him anymore. We can't send him anymore. Because every time we send him, yeah, like, I have to like, I have to like call him and be like, "Hey, dude, like, we gotta be." He's like the man, but it's like it's a great lesson for like solo practitioners to realize like that it's like, dude, you just, you can crush it just being really good at what you do. But um, so you have th those kind of the chiropractic. But the other one is obviously we've had a lot of success with doctors, and I think doctors are really good because doctors, you know, there's something about the white coat that screams authority and that people will do what doctors say. So, you know, we've had many relationships with different orthopedic surgeons and, you know, when they tell someone to come to us, they come. Like, there's like no, like asking questions. It's like, all right, Dr. Kose said, we need to do this. Let's go. And there's no like, well, how much is it? There's, no, there's none of that. It's just like, all right, doctor said I need to do this. So having those relationships are very powerful. And uh, and I came to this realization recently. A lot of times we think about um, like orthopedic, right? Because we deal with injuries and, you know, stuff like that or after injuries, if you will. But think about this. Do cardiologists ever recommend their clients probably start an exercise program? Every single day. <laughs> every everybody, single day. Everybody like to. every cardiologist, if you think about it, every cardiologist probably says, well, you should start eating better and exercising again. Every one of them. Right. And wouldn't it be nice 
wouldn't it be nice if that cardiologist said, you should eat right and exercise. Here's a place that can help you out. Right. It's like, it's my, and, 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 and what made me think about it is Kyle Newell, one of our mastermind members that joined with a cardiologist and did a seminar with this guy. And it's like, I thought that is brilliant. I never even, you know, obviously we've been so focused on orthopedics and shoulders and knees, but like, Hey, a cardiologist sees people every freaking day that need to exercise Yeah. every day. Now, are some of those people probably you don't want in your gym because you're afraid they're going to like croak and have a heart attack? But yeah, maybe. But the reality is a lot of them probably just need to start working out. All right. So those are those are the fitness related ones. Those are the easy uh, ones. That yeah, most that. Any, any more? Uh, the cryo and float places, okay. you know, that have a health centric yoga. Yep. Right. Yoga studios. I think there's a good synergistic uh, potential there. We have already talked about sports leagues. Um you know, and that's an easy one, especially if you train athletes. Um, but here's a couple of the, the one that's standing out to me, and this is kind of on the health front, but kind of not, um, is, is hospitals. Um, because this is where our, the great Joe Hashi, who's like the, we, we call Joe Hashi like the joint venture guru, because Joe Hashi uh, owns Synergy Athletics. And in, uh, I say Buffalo, New York, but it's Binghamton. actually Binghamton, New York. It's not Binghamton. And the closest city is Syracuse, which is also like a cornfield. Bing- Binghamton's a city. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like the closest big city is. Yeah, anyway, so if you're listening, Joe, we love you. Um, but he did a joint venture with a hospital where they had some kind of an offer. They ended up but, getting. But you're saying not the patients. He's training the employees of the hospital. The joint venture. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, think, I think it was the I think, and I think that's where it's like, an, an, a hospital has how many employees? All the doctors, all the nurses, oh yeah, all the therapists, yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure his joint venture was not. He wasn't taking the people and the patients. His joint venture was with the employees. Even better. Yeah. Even I better. Mean, I mean, all the administration people. Yeah. And like yeah. there's a boatload of people. Yeah. So you have that, which is which stands out to me. Um, we have we, we talked about lawyers, right? I think lawyers are a great one. I think lawyers are a great one because a lot of those. Uh, guys have the funds they're you know lawyers make you know good money and they have the funds to to usually do stuff like this uh if you're offering a premium personal training service i think most of the people listening to this are um this is one i often think about right i often think about i've not yet done so take this with a grain of salt car dealerships all right tell me more so think about if you could arrange that every time let's say there's an audi dealership Someone buys an Audi. Someone buys an Audi. It's a good chance they probably can afford a gym membership. Right. Right? And what if every time you created a relationship with the car dealer? Now, I am giving our listeners an idea that is not yet proven. I am, I am very open and honest to tell you what I've done that works and what I have not yet done. But I do think this is probably a good one that you try. But you go to a local car dealership, and what if you can arrange that every time they get an Audi, they also get a free gym membership for a month at your gym. I like it. We got the shift. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's like, but 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 think about that. Yeah. Uh, now the relationship needs to be there. Need to just hey, just you know. By the way, I wanted to let you know there's a gym down the street. There, every time everyone someone buys an Audi, you know they give a free month of gym. So you're not only getting an Audi today, you're getting you're going to be able to get fit and get in shape. You get here's a card for a free month. Um, you know, just you know, going in when you're ready. Like, why not? So you're so you're looking for people that 
that are in your target demographic. So you're, you're the the joint. You're when you make a list, and this is everyone that's listening should do this. You need to go make a list of different businesses and different organizations in your community that have your client that have nothing to do with fitness. Doesn't have to be, but it's just that they service the same kind of people that you service. Great, great exercise here is ask your clients where they do business. Where do they get their haircut? Where do they get their nails done? Where do they go and get a massage? Where do they go to the doctor? Where do your, your current clients in your gym, if you have 100 clients in your gym, where do they shop? Where do they patron? Where do they go? And there is the list for you to start hammering away at. Because they have your people. They have yeah. the people that you want, right? They have the same people. Makes sense. Well, any, anything? Uh, I put because uh, one of our uh, members, Joe Riggio, who's in the CEO mastermind, has ke- been killing it. Uh, I shouldn't say killing it; been crushing it with uh, uh, with childcare places. So, ba- like babysitting centers, yeah. like childcare, and he's going in, and you know, people are dropping off their kids or being able to go and work out, and it's like it's been he's he's it's been like a huge one. Um, we've had good success with like uh, uh, creating relationships with local PTAs and like little moms groups and you know things like that. I talked about restaurants before, um, so that's all that's on my list. I mean, there's tons. Of, all, you're, all it is is a couple emails away to ask your clients where they do business, and maybe you put all the categories that you think they would go to, and then say, hey, where do you do this? All right, so let's do it. Let's do this. Let's do a t- uh, a taste study or like a. Let's play it out here. So, so I talked to one of my members, and they say, I get my hair cut at Vanessa's salon down the road. Yes. What do you do with that? So great question, Tom. Here's what I would do. If it's a client that I know fairly well, right, because there's certain relationships that need to form first, what I would say is, oh, awesome. I've heard of that place. It's great. Um, I'm, I'm looking to create in you know different relationships with local businesses, um, I was, are you, I would ask them, do you know the owner? And they would probably say like, yeah, I know the owner. He's a great guy. I love him. I've been there going there 20 years. I was like, all right, awesome. Um, question for you. Um, would you be open, um, to helping me out, right? And sending an email introduction, introducing him to me. Email introduction. Email introduction. What is that? That's magic. All right. That's what that is. Do you want to talk about it or do you want to save it? So No, we'll talk about it. Uh, I've talked about it before many times. Okay, but so essentially, so the, the email introduction is um, the client, your client, sends an email to him, to the, to the person, and to you. So CC. So they're, they're sending an email to two people. And it says, hey, um, I wanted to – hey, John, I hope all is well. I wanted to introduce you to Vince – Vince runs the gym um, I, I go to that's down the street. Um, he's looking to potentially partner with other local businesses. I thought you guys would be great, you know, synergistic relationships to work together considering you have a lot of the same people anyway. Um, you guys take it from here. And you, are you telling that person what to write or they just – You can. You can. Um, Not you don't have to. Yeah, I don't so. think you have to. I think okay. it can be really basic. Um, if they don't know what an email introduction is, you may need to lead them down the path. I usually will say what to do. I don't think you need to go far as writing it out. But you're just like, yeah, just do this. Just uh, send them an email and CC me on it and introduce me to them via email. And why is that so powerful? Just because it's not much work on their part. Like they don't have, they don't, it's not like they have to drive you over there. So, and- so here's the difference. The difference is, all right, you get the name of the hair person, right? And you cold per cl- clock that person. 
right? You cold dial them and just say, hey, you know, I'm looking to create joint ventures and you're cold versus now they are associating you with someone they know and potentially trust and want to continue to do business and make happy. Now the chances of them answering that email are, are I think, close. I, I can be honest and say this, close to a 100% response rate. All right. So now you get an email back from the owner of the salon. Yep. And they say, hey, Dave, great to meet you. Look forward to getting to know you. Yeah. Now what? And then you can respond back and be like, hey, you know, I'd love to come check out, you know, your place sometime. I want to just, you know, I'm looking to just, you know, see, you know, partner with different local. You don't even have to say partner at that point. I'm just looking to check out local businesses. I'd love to come by. I think my wife and maybe I would go in and I would buy a gift card for Vanessa or something like that. But I would be like, hey, I'd love to stop by and meet you in person. You know, when's a good time? And that's it. And then you roll. Yeah. And then you go from there. Yeah, but I'm saying that the email introduction is something that, um, you know, is is a massively important skill that a lot of people aren't using. What if you didn't have, what if you didn't know someone that was, what if it was just like a business that you wanted to get affiliated with? I, I would work really hard to try and find someone I knew. I, I very rarely cold, like, so the lawyer, right? Yeah. I still had someone I knew that knew him email and, 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 and asked them to connect with me. So I, I work really hard. If you're going to cold call, you know, you're just putting yourself in that position. Um, and what Joe Hashi does a lot is Joe Hashi will just walk in. Like you're almost better walking in. Just introducing yourself. And introducing yourself. So is, they can put the face with the name versus if it's an email. Is, like is there anything to, I know you talk a lot about bartering, right? Bartering services. Yeah. And, and we've had some vendors that we've bartered services services for. Is, is, there, how, is there a good approach to that? Is that a good strategy or is yeah, I think that it, I think it's a great strategy, but I think it's kind of needs to come after the relationship is formed. Relationship and, is and number one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But yes, no, we've done lots of bartering. I mean, I've bartered with my accountant for you know thirteen years. Yeah, you know, so it's like you know, it's it's yeah. I think that that's a you know, it's the oldest form of doing business, and I think that that's something as small business owners that you should look to do. But I think that it's uh, it's got to be you know, but again, not a win-win some, for both sides. Not something that you you wouldn't walk into that salon and go, "Hey, I'm going to train you for free if you send my emails." It's like a, it's a weird it's a weird approach, right? Yeah, no, it can't be like it can't be like you're trying to bribe them, you, right? right? It's not. Yeah, you it shouldn't to, be a bribe. It should be like, and again, it usually after you offer value first. Um, and again, remember the value could be giving them a compliment. The value could be that sending them a follow-up gift, or even just. A basic email or something. The value could be you doing business with them, you getting them another customer's value to them. You know what I'm saying? So there's lots of ways, but that's really the goal should be what value can you bring first. All right. Anything else you got on your list over there? No, I think that that's uh, wraps it up. That's well, a lot more than I wanted to talk about today. But hopefully that was gave our listeners some things to take home. It's it's almost three thirty, and it's going to get cranked in GFP. So we got a beautiful the, the music. The music. Well, I'm going to go on. home. <laughs> the, the music's going to turn well, off. It's almost 3.30. Time, time for time me to go home. Time to get out of here. Um, anything you want to leave? Uh, last, last episode for the people that were listening this long, you gave them a special gift. Yeah, so this, this one um, I'll give you because uh, I do have a chapter on joint ventures in my book. Which book? Uh, the Ultimate Guide to Marketing Your Gym. Oh, yeah. So book. I'm now – I was giving out the digital version along, but I'm now I'm uh, giving out the hard copy. All right, so how does uh, so the hard copy is free. You just have to cover the shipping. But uh, we're going to put in the show notes, there should be a link in the show notes, and that will take them. They can uh, just, I think it's like a couple bucks to um, to pay for the shipping, and then we'll send it out to them, the hard copy version of it. But there's a chapter on joint venture relationships in the book. 
So I think that it, in the, there's even like templates and scripts in there of exactly what to say. You know, when you do an email introduction, I give like exact scripts in there as well. All right. So if you want to copy that, just click the link in the show notes or you can drop us an email. You can just email me, Tom at Gabriel Fitness, and I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. Yes. Guys, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day.